Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from golf bet and the pga tour and we are live at tpc sawgrass site of the P- players championship this week and we are sitting next to each other benny i'll let you talk in just a second but first i've got to tell all the people out there as a reminder the links and locks podcast proudly presented by bet 365 the world's favorite sportsbook brand sign up with promo code action to get bet 365's exclusive sign up offer in new jersey and colorado bet one dollar on any game get two hundred dollars for free hello ben g'day mate great to be here it's good uh-huh. to see you in person can reach out and slap you on the shoulder that's it we can you know maybe even get a few holes of golf in this week we'll see how we go well as always we're gonna play 18 holes right here on the mm-hmm. podcast making 18 bets do that in just a second but first uh just a little talk about last week where we had a major championship leaderboard but not a major champion who winds up on top of the api look I love the fact that the designated events are bringing all the best players together. I love the fact that we had big names, John Rahm twice and Scotty Scheffler won the first three of them. And I really love the fact that we had all these big names up there on the leaderboard at Bay Hill and Kurt Kitayama comes out on top. Man, this dude is a really good player. Watch out for him. Yeah, look, he, as you and I have mentioned many a time on the pod, he would had been rocks or diamonds, hadn't he? But when he yeah. was good, he'd been really good. He'd yep. been runner-up to big names before, Ram included, Rory included. Um, I think Xander he was runner-up to as well at one point. Um, you know, and he, he proved himself yesterday. That leaderboard was stacked. And I think the best part about his win was he rebounded from a triple bogey. I mean, that could have been the end for any player, let alone... You know, guy who hadn't won before on the PGA Tour, he'd obviously won at the DP World Tour. To step back up and get it done under that sort of conditions against those players, hey, you got to hand it to him, and it could be the making of him for sure. If you had told me, Benny, that a five foot seven guy was going <laughs> to make a triple, a double, and hit two balls out of bounds on the weekend and still make money, I'd say, wow, pretty good weekend for me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, no, sensational stuff. No, wasn't Hope me. for all of us it. out there, right? Exactly. Hope for all of us. Never give up. Keep going. <laughs> All right, let's play 18 alls. We're making 18 bets for this week's Players' Championship. Ben Everell, you're on the tee. Please swing away. 
I got a boring one for you to start with, mate. But oh, the runner perfect. Up, the runner-up from last week, the joint favourite for this week, Rory McIlroy to win, is someone I think people should not sleep on. Obviously, a former winner before. Uh, look, when I've done my research uh, on recent tournaments here, I've only really looked at Rory's win in 19 and uh, JT was it in 21 mm-hmm. uh, as ones to look at. Obviously, 2020, we had a cancellation. And last year was so diabolically different with yes. the wins yeah. and everything else that you kind of have to just write it off. Everything before that we had was in May, not March. So looking at that, the one correlation I found between those two winners was they're all they're inside the top 10 in T to green, off the tee and approach. And the only guy this season that's in top 10 of all of those categories right now, Rory McIlroy. So he's in form. I can't ignore it. He he is in form. And yet, I think if you had watched him play 72 holes at Bay Hill this past week and didn't know anything else that's going on, didn't watch any other players. And granted, you wouldn't have quite a feel of how Bay Hill was playing, but it never looked like Rory had anything close to his A game. And so I know a lot of people will look at that as a negative and say, boy, if he had played his best stuff, he could have won by six. And yeah, that is the case. And that's probably true. But I will also point out that not having your best stuff, having something less than your A game and still finishing one shot back in second place means there's a lot of room for improvement. If Rory improves just a little bit, remember it's a similar field, even though there's more players here at the players championship, just improve like a couple more shots. He's right there, and I do think it's going to be a good week for him. And I can't believe I left this out, but I did run into him on the back of the range here today. Mm-hmm. Spoke to him about yesterday and said, oh, you know, it looked like you had a sneaky chance there because I wasn't at Bay Hill like you were. In fact, I was in the air while it was playing out. And he told me he, he, he couldn't believe that he just randomly didn't have a scoreboard to look at in a in that critical moment on the back nine uh, when he didn't realize he was near the lead. He said he, 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 if he had been able to see a scoreboard to see where he was before his tee shot on oh, 14, like... he would have played that tee shot differently. I... And he is mad at himself. He's filthy, actually. He was, like, really animated about it. He goes, I cannot believe I let that one go because I didn't find a scoreboard at that section of the golf course. He said that there wasn't one until the 14th green. And, and he said also, when he realized he'd made the mistake, he was seething. He was mad himself. And, and him and his caddy talked and they, he couldn't calm down from it. He said, it was not my usual self. I was that mad. I didn't know where I was because I watch leaderboards all the time. I want to know where I am. Yeah. Um, and so it was a bit different. to. He was sort of, I guess, trying to explain how some of his con, con, uh, comments yesterday may have been taken out of context where he may not have got them out the right way. And he was like, no, this is what happened. I didn't get a leaderboard from X hole to 14 green. Mm-hmm. And and also, so he was mad at himself for not knowing. He was also mad at himself for them not reacting well. And he said, that's not like him. And he wants to atone this week. So very interesting. I I misunderstood as well. I was counting me among those who misunderstood. I thought Rory was saying after the round, I didn't want to look at leaderboards. I was going to play my own game. He just couldn't find a leaderboard, which is very, very different. All right. Getting to the second hole here. I'm going big, long shot. This is not, look just having a little taste here and I'm looking way down the board at some triple digit odds and I'm trying to find a guy and I found one here who's won on a tough Florida golf course PGA national last year who's played really well in some big boy events got into a playoff at the FedEx St. Jude championship the first playoff event last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs I'm at Sip Straka at 175 to one at bet 365 this week Benny I look at him as very much a Kurt Kitayama type of player and what i mean by that 
is not necessarily the same technical type of player, but he's a guy who has a high ceiling and a low floor. When Sepstrak is not playing well, he's going to embarrass us and maybe himself by not showing up. But if he does play well, he's got the talent to go out there and be on this leaderboard come Sunday. Oh, I mean, there it is. T9 last year, yep. last championship. So definitely got the, the talent. Um, I, you know, it wasn't on my radar, but I didn't look very far down the board, to be honest. And that may be a problem that I have uh, going forward. So uh, if you can win at the Bear Trap, if you can win there at PJ National, you can win here. Yeah, I know it's slightly different, but obviously Florida golf, keep the ball in play, don't put it in the water, make the make half the putts you need to make, and you're in you're in with a chance. So I like it. Where are you going third hole? Well, since you've gone your long shot, I can go to mine now. I'll move ahead and I'm going to Aussie mate again, Adam Scott. Oh this is enough from him over the last over last week to suggest he's starting to move towards where he needs to go. He's about hundred to one in most books. He's a former champion. Having one, you know, look way back in 2004, but when it was, you know, back in back at this time of year, uh, he had four top 12s between 2016 and 2019. He knows the place better than most. He's played here a million times, um, and just he's building to something. Now, I'm a realist. I know he's trying to build to another place about a month away, mm-hmm. where he's also won before. Right, but he's the type of guy that if he gets a bit of luck and gets in contention, he he knows how to deal with it. So. Um, I just liked the odds there of triple digits, and I think he's a sneaky chance. I do think Adam Scott has one more big win in him at some point, whether that's a player's championship, whether that's a Masters or a, an Open championship. I, I could see it at the Open. I could see it even this year at the Open, Royal Liverpool. But um, it, at some point, I do think that Adam Scott wins one more big one before he is done. All right, fourth all, I am going to – Hedge a little bit. I'll be a little indecisive. I don't know. Two good buddies, both of whom um, had pretty good weeks last week, one a little bit better than the other. And uh, the numbers are reflecting a little recency bias in the markets right now. But Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley, both for top fives. I think you at least get one of them. If you get both of them, you clean up in this category. But it's weird the dichotomy between the odds right now at Bet365. Patrick Cantlay plus 333. For a top five, Xander Shoffley nearly double that price at plus 600. So if you're only going to play one of them, I, I certainly think Xander has uh, better than a two to one chance of finishing in the top five than Patrick Cantley. So I, I think Xander at plus 600 is a better number than Cantley at plus 333. But uh, for these purposes, for this exercise, I will take both of them for top fives. I just had to look it up, but I did remember Cantley was runner up on day. Uh, sorry. Shoffley was runner-up here on debut. But they've each missed the cut the last three times this event has been played. I, I'm playing the law of averages here. I know law of averages is not an actual law. It doesn't actually exist. This is not <laughs> any sort of math or logic or anything like that. It's just at some point, they're both going to turn things around. Yeah. And honestly, well, Ken, uh, Shoffley was one of the guys yesterday, right, that was right there and then made a mistake and didn't rebound well. Like, probably put the cue in the rack or got a bit annoyed with himself, went backwards, when if he had a stuck solid, um, he may have had a chance down the stretch. So yeah. he'll be mad about that too. And he's good with a chip on his shoulder. Yep. He plays yeah. great with a chip on his shoulder. Canley was right there yesterday. So Yeah. All right. Um, all right, I'll go to the what we fifth, fifth hole. hole. I'll give you a top 20 play. The guy that I've lent on the last few weeks a few times. Uh, Johnny Vegas. Mm. Plus 500 around that mark. Five to one for a top 20. Uh, look, He's 
was T3 in 2019 here. Way back in 2012, he was T7. But more to the point, his Strauss gain stats, as I said, have been really good so far. He's in the top 10 T to green. It's in the top 10 off the T. Uh, he's in inside the, the mark for around the green as well that he needs to be playing well here. Um, he just got some good, solid um, numbers all around so far this season. So with that in the mix, I thought the number at plus 500 top 20 was something that you might nibble at. Yeah, I I like the Vegas play. I like it for a couple of different reasons. Uh, first of all, you mentioned his strokes gain numbers. Secondly, each of the last two winners here, Cameron Smith and Justin Thomas, did not play the API the week before. Now, based on the way the designated events shake out, most of the top players mm-hmm. will have played last week. But Vegas was not in that field. I don't know if he qualified and decided not to play or if he wasn't qualified. I know he's had injuries over the past year. Maybe he doesn't want to go back to back at all. And maybe he's trying to space things out from one week to the next. But I actually like the fact that he didn't play last week. So that could be pretty big for this one. Nice and fresh. All right. Sixth hole. The fact that, Benny, you have not mentioned Jason Day's name (laughs) makes me think it's coming later on in the podcast. Yep. I knew that was it. I am very conservatively here going to play Jason Day for a fifth consecutive top 10 finish. That's right. If you haven't been paying attention, Jason Day finishes in the top 10 every single week now. It's been four in a row, including at the API this past week. Plus 320 for Jason Day to finish in the top 10 once again at a place where he won back in 2016. That is a smash play for me. Maybe one of my favorite plays on the entire board. I'll have Day a little bit outright, although that number is getting really short. Everybody is playing Jason Day. Top 10, and I, I love him for DFS. Every lineup I've made has Jason Day in it so far. Yeah, you're right. I'll get to him later, so I won't give away too much now. But suffice to say, I agree that that's a good decision. Top 10. Yeah, I, I thought you might like that one. <laughs> You're going after that short number, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, all right, let's go to the seventh hole. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go to the Bet365 player markets we like to get at, uh, where, you you know, you get they throw you a number. Uh, minus 120, essentially, for all of these picks, but they give you a, a better or worse scenario we talk about a lot. Um, the guy that you had on your radio show today, and I happened to stumble by because I was getting on as well, uh, I'm going to go with Keegan Bradley to be 41st or better. As I honestly, I can't see that not happening. I mean, like, I mean, hasn't he been a top 30 the last few weeks? Plus, he's like in great form. And then he came on so confident talking to you guys. He was like, there's nothing wrong with my game. He said, there's literally sometimes there's always that little, you know, voice in the back of your head or that niggle in the back of your head that something might need some work. He goes, there's literally nothing that I feel I need to work on. I'm feeling that confident. So, 41st or better. Thank you very much. Security! <laughs> ben's stealing all my stuff. <laughs> all right, so first of all, you guys need to know. Yes, Keegan Bradley was on my SiriusXM PGA Tour radio show on Monday afternoon. Not only was he on the show, but Ben sat here, took a video of him on the show, and then sent it out from the Golf Bet account, which I don't know if people are supposed to know that or not, but I'm throwing it out there, Ben, because you stole my stuff from the yeah. show. Secondly, even look, because we're sitting next to each other at my card, and he knows that I've got... The Keegan player market bet written down for later here. Keegan, 41st or better, minus 120. Yes, smash, smash, smash. One thing he said on the radio show that everything is in order for him right now. He said, usually you show up in an event, eh, driver needs to get dialed in a little bit. Eh, I got to work on some wedges. Maybe I need a new one in the bag. Not sure I love this one. He said, I showed up on Monday and I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go. 
Let's roll. So uh, he's been top 30 each of the last four years, and his game is in better shape right now than any of those times. Again, just a smash play at 41st or better for Keegan. So I'm assuming that's your uh, eighth hole, right, Mike? That was my eighth hole. <laughs> so we'll go next to a guy I know that you're big on, so I'm sure you'll get to him a little bit later, but it's my conservative top five play. And that is a man who has been playing brilliantly this year, Max Homer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Max Homer against Tita Green has just been absolutely brilliant this season. Um, I can't. There he is. I'm trying to bring up his performance here before, but I don't 13th think it's... 13th place last yeah. year. Honestly, I don't know if, even think it's that relevant, Yeah, his history here. The way, that's how good he's playing. Um, again, I was looking at guys in the top 10. He's in ninth, Tita Green. Uh, he's also inside the top 10 on approach. Um you know, he's inside the mark. He's second best this season, strokes game total, only behind Ram, who's won three times. Yep. Um, it just smacks to me as the place that he could continue this trajectory to the upper echelon of the game. So I think I saw it about four to one for top five. I think it's it might be a good player. I, think he, I definitely think he'll be there or thereabouts come Sunday. I will talk about Max Homa later in the podcast. <laughs> if you listen on a regular basis, you might know what that means one thing about max though that i will give you right now um as i was writing up my preview material doing my research last night i texted my buddy colt nose who of course is a commentator for cbs sports and sirius xm pga tour and i said didn't didn't you say and he's played a lot of golf with max he's good friends with max i said haven't you said that you think max will be number one in the world at some point he said yes i think he'll be number one in the world by the end of 2024 Look, I don't like to give Colt a whole lot of credit, but he is very, very astute at figuring these things out and knowing certain things about this. Uh, I'm with him, and at some point, Max is going to have to win a big one. Um, He's won six events already, and some of those, uh, like the Farmers Insurance Open this year, have been big. Something's got to be a little bit bigger. He has not finished in the top ten in a major yet. That might be a leap to get to a major so quickly and win one, but Benny... I know you work for the tour. This ain't a major, though. I'm not sure if anyone's told you that. Uh, well, we could get in that debate if you want. Um, I understand why you don't want to call it a major, but I also, you know, just direct you to history. And before the uh, Masters was there, there were other majors that are no mm-hmm. longer called majors. Mm-hmm. And I think that here's what I think. I think if you blow up the world of golf and start it again, Right now, mm-hmm. it would be one of the first picked as a major. I think we did that last year. There you go. Didn't we blow up the world of golf? Yes. <laughs> but it would be one of the first ones you would pick. All right. Um, because the players themselves are the ones that it's fair. talk about it. You know? Counterpoint. Yeah. Tiger Woods has never said, I would like my game to peak five times a year. Yeah, because in his time, it wasn't necessarily. Oh, so you're saying Tiger's way. done. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, well, I don't think he's winning this thing again. Put it that way. I don't think he's winning a players again. Oh. Um, do I think he can win something else? That's big. Absolutely. I can see Tiger being a 52-year-old Masters winner. Couldn't you? If all things align. You have to be super lucky. I'm but, sort of uh, prepping for that game story now. Yeah. It would be, like, ridiculous, but not out of the realm of possibility as long if he can maintain enough health, enough, enough health, to get lucky for four days. All right. You keep thinking about that. I'm going to tell the people out there another reminder. The Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up 
with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. We get to the back nine. I am on the tee. Oh, let's see. Where do I want to go? All right. Let's go with a top 20 play. I'm going to read some stuff to you here, Benny, because um, I know I mentioned Keith Mitchell like (laughs) every single week on the podcast. I get it. It's bordering on fanboy stuff. Uh, Okay. I want to tell you a few things, though. First of all, Keith Mitchell leads the PGA Tour in total driving this year. I think people hear that and go, oh. He drives it well. Okay, that's cool. It's important here. It's important, sure. I want to tell you just how well he drives it. Okay, he's 15th in driving distance this season, 312.1 yards per drive. He's ahead of guys who are known for hitting it long, like Dean Burmester, who recently mm-hmm. left for Live, Taylor Pendrith, Trey Mullinax. Those guys hit 57, 55, and 44% of their fairways. But Mitchell, he hit 67 He's 11th on the tour in driving accuracy. That's a better number than Zach Johnson, David Lipsky, and Chez Reevy, all guys who are known for being accurate. Those guys hit it 292, 291, 287, 20 to 25 yards shorter than Mitchell. So basically what I'm telling you is he hits it longer than long hitters and straighter than the straight hitters. That's a really good skill set to have on any golf course, especially on this one. Rough's going to be up a little more this year than it's been in the past. Keith Mitchell for a top 20, book it at plus 260. Brought him up here, T13 last year. I have no idea what side of the draw he was on. But if he was on the bad side, that's incredible. Yeah. If he's on the good side, it's reasonable. Sure. So, um, yeah, look, to be long and accurate, that's deadly. That's deadly. I mean, I'm not sure I've I've seen a driver of the golf ball that's like, usually it's, okay, a guy who leads total driving is third in distance and 50th in accuracy. Or third in accuracy and 50th in distance. So he's really good at one and pretty good at the other. I don't remember seeing a guy over the last 10, 15, 20 years who was like right near the top in distance and right near the top in accuracy. What he's doing right now with the driver is pretty remarkable. Yeah. All right, mate. I'll run with you. I mean, I didn't, didn't look him up, but I can't, I can't fault it. I'll move on to a top 10 play in the 11th mm-hmm. hole. Uh, this guy was 21st on debut here, 26th last year. And I think he's going to continue the rise. Will Zalatoris. Yeah. I feel like this is a tournament that at some point this guy will win. Now, I do too. Now, this year, maybe, maybe not, right? Like he was, he's still coming back from his issues. He's, you know, working his way into sort of contention and whatnot. But he's sneaky, sneaky good and sneaky accurate. And it just smacks to me as this is his course, right? Like, I'm going to put it here and then I'm going to put it there and don't need to make all my punts. I just need to make half of them to have a decent week. Um, You know, like, yes, Cameron Smith led the fielding strokes game putting to win last year. But as I said, that's actually a bit of an anomaly here. And it happened to be on a week where, honestly, it was a abysmal conditions for people, you know, right, and right. and he was just in unconscious putting mode. Um, that won't be the case this week, right? You won't necessarily need to lead the field in putting to win this tournament. Yeah. Um, I think he can make enough putts to be uh, in contention. So I've got him at plus 320. I saw for a top 10. 
He was my favorite outright play last week. Did not have the greatest of weeks. I know all of golf Twitter thinks I jinxed him. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, guys. I don't jinx people. Okay. I've jinxed him for this week then. Whatever. That's good. <laughs> good. That's at B. Everell, PGA Tour. Go tell him about it. I don't want to hear it anymore. All right. Uh, what is this? The 12th hole. I'm going to go back to the player market bets because I've found another one that I'm just going to hammer. Uh, these are all minus 120, of course, where you're giving up the juice. But another one of my guys that I mention all the time, Sahith Figala, oh, yeah. is listed at 49th or better. Yes, please. I I, I just take it. I, I don't know. What else do I have to say? The guy's in contention every single week. The numbers have actually gotten better. I remember doing a pod with you about, I'd say a month to a month and a half ago, Benny. And I said, you know, I love Sahith, but boy, I also love stats and numbers and analytics. And the numbers are not great. He was outside the top half, outside the top 50, I think it was, uh, on the PGA Tour in every major strokes gain category. He is now inside the top 50 in everything except strokes gain driving. And so um, Sahith has obviously improved on those numbers over the last month. And that's reason to chase him even more because I just the kid's a superstar yeah, it's Dis- happened disregard last year bad side of the draw no hope 49th or better yeah no, I, no like he's, yeah. he's a top 20 player and it, he's that he's just a competitor yeah right like he, here's the thing like if he makes the cut there's no chance he's less than 50th put it that way Right. You know what I mean? He's not giving up. Yeah. He's not going throughout right. Sunday just trying to finish. You're right. He is trying to fight for every single shot. Great point. Till the end. It, so you just need to get him through the cut, and then that that is more than a lock. Like, it's just like... And it's a great point in general. It's a great yeah. overall point you make, Benny, because, look, I'm not cer- certainly going to say that there are players out here on the PGA Tour who mail it in. I really don't think that's the case necessarily, but... There are definitely players who make the cut on the number and then grind on the weekend, even when they know they don't have a chance of winning. But, hey, 26th could get me this many FedEx points, which could get me into the Tour Championship, which gets me into the majors next year. I think there are certain players that kind of understand the domino effect and the flow of everything and just kind of still give it their all on every shot, even when they're a little out of it. And I, I think it's important to understand who they are, recognize it, and use that, especially in your prop plays and player market bets. Yeah, so one of the things that you should be learning this year with the back-to-back, especially uh, designated event scenarios, is your bigger players that fall out of things on, say, Saturday, and they've got another event coming Sunday, Mm -hmm. you cannot necessarily expect them to grind on that Sunday before going to the next event. You can read between the lines there all you like, but Yes, whereas the younger guys who you know have more stamina and have more things to play for and those points will mean something, they're the ones that are going to do well for you on a Sunday. So if you're looking at coming in on a Saturday night, you know, get a guy who's currently 35th and you think, I wonder if he can finish top 20. If he's a young guy that's got something to prove, yes, 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 yes. If he's a superstar that has somewhere else to be next year, next week, sorry, uh, I might want to think twice. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all very very valuable information, and uh, I guess uh, send us a a tweet if you'd like to know uh, if you have a question on which type of player certain yeah. guys are. Maybe we can yeah. help you out. We can help you out that way. Thirteenth hole. Uh, all right, let's go. All right, I found a special, a parlay special with I think it was with DraftKings, mm-hmm. but um, Rory to be in the top five, as you know, I think he's a chance to win. Sure. 
Scheffler to be in the top 10. He seems right? good. He seems to be going all right. Yeah. And Ricky Fowler to be in the top 20. I do like champion that. Here. Yeah. 20 to 1. Um, I would like to be a number, but it's there as a special. Um, maybe if you create that parlay in your own book, you might get an even better number. Who knows? But I don't think that's a bad number at all, yeah. actually, for that. It's, um, I think, you know, possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, I think Rory's going to be there or thereabouts. Sheffler, if he's in the mix, he's unlikely to drop out of the top 10. He, he had a very good chance to win yesterday. And Fowler's just trending. Yeah. He's just heading I like something, Ricky. isn't he? I like he? Ricky he's this like, week. Uh, he's one of the guys that I would have put more into if I think it's like it's like your my mate Jace will get to, but the number is just not fair. <laughs> you know, like give us a break. Come yeah. on, give us the better number. Like don't bring it in tight before he's actually won the thing. I, I know we talk mostly betting on this podcast and not DFS, but oh, yeah. um we're we're making well, at least I'm making DFS lineups. And um I can tell you that three of those names that we've mentioned now, Ricky Fowler. Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, that's going to be sort of the anchors to a lot of my lineups. You make those three and then kind of work around them and see what else you can squeeze in there. So uh, I was looking at the same place you were and looking at the same types of parlays as you. So for the 14th hole, I've got a top 20 parlay. Rory, who we've talked about, I cannot see him finishing outside the top 20. Justin Thomas, who, uh, look, this is, I believe, the toughest tournament of the year to predict. Yeah. Justin Thomas is one of the very few players who has a recurring consistent record on this golf course. So I like that. And then Keegan Bradley, who we've already talked about that. We really like everything about him this week. The three of them to finish in the top 20, not as good odds as you just had for your parlay, but plus 800, eight to one for all three of them in the yeah. top 20. I, I really like that play. Yeah. I, again, I, I expect that we'll have, Big names up the top. And JT is another one that, as you said, he actually has proven he might be a horse for this course, which is hard to do. Yeah. Because it is true. It sounds like a cliche. What anyone can win here, but that is the reality. You have to play well across the board or in all facets, right? The one thing you might be able to get away with, as I said a little bit, is is putting, but you still have to make your fair share of putts. Right. You you can't not putt well at all. You you just have to have a reasonable amount of those and you, you must put it in the fairway enough. You must be good on approach. You you must get up and down when you make a mistake. You know, like you, it tests everything. Yeah. So that's why anyone can win here because every, you have to be on your game all around to get it done. Fifteenth all. Uh, first round leader. Yeah, we've got, got the tee toms. They're out. Yeah. So I know he's got. Hey, you know, there, there, there's a, a little, uh, a little edge for you and your side of the debate that this is a major championship. Tee times come out on Monday afternoon. I, I'm. Just throwing it out there. We're putting them out nice and early to you know show everyone look what look what you can get excited for. Um, okay, two guys. I'm going to give you two. One that you've mentioned already, Patrick Cantlay. Yep. Hasn't played that great here of late or whatever, but 35 to one. He averages 69 on round one so far this year, which is 19th on tour. So uh, he's very he's one of the earlier of the early groups. Yep. Um, I think he can get out and post a number. He's starting on the 10th tee. I think, you know, you can get through 10, you birdie or eagle 11, you get a birdie on 12, you get another, you know, you get another shot on 16. Um, you're making that, you sort of get to 17, you know, quite a few under, just hit it on the green, get away, get away on 18, then make a run on that front nine, post a number. I could see him being potentially that guy. Another one who's off in the morning that I like, who's fourth on tour this year, first round scoring average. 68.18, Sung J.M. Yeah, we haven't talked Sung J yet. So Good one. he is a guy too that, I mean, we haven't 
put him out there, but hits the fairway, hits the greens, can make enough putts. Um, I could see him getting a hot start off one of those early early groups. All right, so he's fifty five to one. By the way, that's a big really number. Big number. Oh, that's a big number. I so that's that why I like that. Yeah, fifty five so to one to lead. I was it. just about to explain that on a regular basis, Benny likes to go and find an investment in a player with short outright odds and try to just pick them off in the first round, which you've actually gotten a couple over the yeah. last few months, and um, that's been doing well for you. I I like throwing a long shot dart out there, knowing that. Hey, it's just one round and anyone can play well. Uh, 55 to 1, though, is not exactly going after a guy who's short. His son, Jay, is really nice. Scoring play. average first round this year. Yeah. Like, to me, I think that's. And he's, early, and he's off early. I mean, get on it before they realize that. I, I might like yours more than I like, right, honestly. But I like I said, I like throwing more of a dart for first round leader play. And so, 16th hole, I'm going with a guy who, look, when he gets hot, he's as good a putter as anybody out there. If he starts ro- rolling in birdie putts, Watch out. Danny McCarthy teed off at 7.01 a.m. on Thursday morning with those perfect greens. Why not? Uh, The ball striking has been much improved over the last couple of years and continues to get better. Uh, He's only plus 9,000, though. And so uh, when I compare that to Sanjay's number of plus 5,500, you might have me there. (laughs) I, I might want Sanjay a little bit more at 55 than Denny at 90, but I will stick with what I have. I do think Denny makes for a nice play early in the morning. Yeah, I mean, you give him pure greens, and he just has to be hitting it half decent, right? Like, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like it's it's that's at least worth a little small unit, maybe. You know, you throw a small one of that and put a few more on Sunday. You sweet. Well, we go with both of them. Yeah, they shoot sixty four yeah. first thing in the morning on Thursday, and we sweat it out for seven hours. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, we got to that point. We have. All We're right. there. There he is. A name you haven't mentioned yet. My outright win play, which is he down to 28 to 1 now? It's really short. I mean, come on. It's really come short. On. We're on the 17th hole, which you know is always a yep. very difficult hole here. There's, there's some risk yep. reward. Yeah, all right. Look, Jason Day, he's the man this week. Just top tenning it and proving that his game is back towards what it was when he was dominant, you know, hitting. I mean, he's but he's actually got better stats now than he did at some sections at that time when he was world number one and picking these things off like they were nothing um you know he's just outside the top 10 t to green he's around the mark in all of them i think that here what was the metric that i said you know i told you before those last two winners if you take out smith top 10 in t to green off the t approach top 30 around the green top 50 putty okay jason's actually inside like close to inside that mark all five he's just outside on a few of the off the tee, like literally yeah. for the top 10, he's 12th or yeah, whatever, right. you know, like he's just absolutely drilling it. Um, his approach game is better than it's been in a long, long, long time. And in putting, he is on the way up. He is really starting to roll the rock um, much better than he had in the past. So that had been a weakness of late because he couldn't practice. And back when he was the best, he was putting a lot more. He was in a lot more practice. He's getting a little bit more time to do that. Um, he's in the afternoon wave, I think. He is. He tees off at 12.23 local time. Here's a thought for you, Benny. You yeah. mentioned it, 28 to 1 at Bet365 right now. Maybe. Hold. Hold. Yes. We, we have some very nice conditions in the forecast. It looks like a, a one-club breeze, low 70s. Uh, I, I can see some guys going out Thursday morning, playing some good golf, putting up a 64, 65 Absolutely. out here. 
um, and, and put up a few scores in the mid sixties. All of a sudden, if a few, especially if a few big names do that oh. in the morning, they get shorter. What it does is send the guys who haven't even teed off yet a little bit longer. I wonder if you can get it. Look, it's not going up to 50 to one anytime soon, but I wonder if you wait until noon on Thursday, you can get Jason day at 33 to one instead of 28 to one, which is a much more palatable number for him. So look, I, I mentioned it earlier. I really like him this week. I've got no problems with the play. I don't love the number, but maybe that's a way that you can, uh, salvage that number a little bit, get a little bit something better if you wait till midday Thursday. Well, just the fact that the big three, Ram, Shepler, Rory are in the morning wave, yeah. should move Jason Day's number back before he starts. Yeah. Right? Because you've got to assume one of them is going to have a decent, great point. decent round, right? Yep. One of those guys is going to shoot 68 or better, which should move everybody else, you know. Should. Yeah, so... Um, absolutely. And even I would even potentially argue that you could wait till after his first one if you wanted to, and he might end up being four back after one round. And I would say a great play going into a morning tea time on Friday. Yeah. So um, don't be afraid to hold out. Um, look, if he shoots 62 the first round, well, sorry, but you should have got on what I told you to months ago. <laughs> I, I will say all of the same things about my favorite play. We get to the 18th hole. All right, so Benny, I started doing my research last week, and when I first started looking at everything, I said, you know, I think I'm going to go with Max Homa as my favorite outright. And then I started doing some more research, and I said, you know what? No, I'm going Colin Morikawa. And then I switched, and I said, no, Victor Hovland. Then I got to Xander Shoffley. Then I got to Patrick Cantley. And finally, when the wheel stopped spinning, when my brain stopped spinning, it landed on Max Homa once again, my original play. I hate the number, much like Jason Day. 22 to 1 is too short. But, hey, maybe you wait until midday Thursday. He's got a 12.56 tee time on Thursday afternoon. Maybe there's a chance there. I do like Colin Morikawa still at 25 to 1. As we mentioned earlier, the last two players who won this event did not play the API. Colin Morikawa, he played, just didn't play the weekend, so maybe that helps. By the way, Max Homa. Led the field last week in strokes gained on approach shots. I, I know. Look, he he just made a few critical mistakes at critical times, which is unlike him. But I think maybe maybe not fully switched on. As I said, maybe not. Like maybe when things started to go south, um, wasn't thinking grind on in that exact moment. Then you you compound a mistake with another mistake, and by the time you used to get your head back on, it can be can slip away from you. Right. Um, I have a feeling that a few of those holes, Homer would admit that he just wasn't quite there 100% like he had been in LA, like he had been at, at Torrey Pines. He'll be switched on this week. Yep. The the one thing that I worry about for Max this week, if at all, is him trying too hard because he does want to prove that he can step it up for these events. So he's got to find that balance. He's got to figure out his mental state through Genesis Invitational and just sit in that and just believe that he can do it. And, and, and as I said, like, guys will make mistakes it's being able to throw it away quick and get switched back on. Sure. Um, that's going to be a big key factor here. And I'm a second strokes going total overall, as I said earlier, for the season, only behind um, Rambo. Again, pretty hard not to like it. Like everything but the number there. Yeah. Appreciate everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. Remember, you can find us everywhere you find your favorite podcast. 
every week during the PGA Tour season. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen. Thanks so much to everybody out there. Good luck with your bets for this week's Players Championship. Here's hoping you do it with me, Benny. Come on. Hit Hit the the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.